Welcome back to another edition of Changing the Times. I'm your host, Josh Dacey, alongside my colleague, David Ulick. David, uh, we already t- kicked off, you know, some of the preseason stuff, but tomorrow, mm-hmm. a Hall of Fame game kicks it off officially. Football is back through February. Tomorrow night, when the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dallas Cowboys take place up in Canton, Ohio, to kick off Hall of Fame weekend. Um, you know, it's an exciting time. Obviously, when you think of the Hall of Fame, you think of so many greats. Uh, this year, you have guys... I mean, I was in college with when I was watching Peyton Manning. You were not in college, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, Charles Woodson, uh, who was – I remember seeing him play at Penn State. Um, you got Char- you know, Charles Johnson. Then you've got uh, Bill Coward, Jimmy Johnson, and uh, John Lynch. Uh, I know there are a few others. It's a rather large class this year because they're bringing in two classes from 2020 as well. I always look at the NFL Hall of Fame, and I think with all due respect to the other Hall of Fame, such as the baseball – basketball, hockey hall of fame, and the other ones, you know, the NFL, they only take the elite of the elite with all due respect. You know, there's guys like in the baseball hall of fame, like Phil Rizzuto had a 260 hitting average, you know, how's that guy in there? And and guys like, you know, with all due respect, you know, to like um, Carmelo Anthony or Dwight Howard, he'll end up, they'll end up in the hall of fame and the basketball hall of fame. And, you know, when you look at the NFL, every one of those guys, damn, there's an argument. There's a lot of guys that like, that don't get in. And, and I, I always have the utmost respect for that because they just take the best of the best, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely, it's definitely a select few. I mean, I mean, if Carmelo Anthony were to make a hall of fame without, you know, without, you know, winning a championship, is he any different than Calvin Johnson? Uh, you, yeah. I mean, you see, I, there's, here's my deal. I really Even though I think Calvin's one of the best players of all time in his possession position, just a, just an argument you probably start hearing from others but i mean i don't think cal you know you know i hear what you're exactly what you're saying he played on a bad franchise you know forever mm-hmm. i mean does it make him any different yeah you know he played a short number of seasons he played what nine seasons david and hung it up yeah so anyway you know uh it's interesting we're full uh week and a half week and a half in the camp and um you're starting to see some you know some things are happening already obviously in Indianapolis, the newly acquired Carson Wentz is now on the mend anywhere from – I've never heard a timetable of five to 12 weeks. It's kind of like a, a, a weather forecaster saying, well, you have a chance of snow between a dusting to nine inches. Did Wentz get surgery or no? He is getting surgery. That's what that's they're saying, yeah. Probably, so you probably then – you're probably looking more like in that eight to 12 range. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. You know, there's rumors that Nick Foles may uh, – he's lobbying, openly lobbying to go and uh, replace him, leave Chicago. Um, it, Could you not- imagine that if you're Carson Wentz? Just think about that. You've – you did they did everything possible to get you away from Nick Foles, right? Yeah. In Philly, okay. And then Philly doesn't work out. And then you have this fresh new start. Um, okay, you get injured, whatever, whatever, right, in Indianapolis. But still a fresh start. And then out of nowhere – your arch nemesis, really. I don't care what anyone says. Great respect for each other or anything. It's like an arch nemesis to him. I honestly I believe, and it's just going to be right in your, just coming right to stab you right back in the back. Exactly. He's buried third string on the <laughs> on the depth chart, you know. And you know what? He when he's openly lobbying for it, he's like, I'm a better quarterback than I was when I was in the Super Bowl. I love Frank Reich. He's yep. going out of his way to openly lobby for it. Yep. You know, I find that. Hard, I find it hard to believe that Indianapolis wouldn't consider it. You know, they picked up Brett Hundley off the street the other day. That doesn't matter. You got Jacob Eason. 
as as getting the, uh, getting the first reps. But it's very interesting right now that. that well, I, well, I wonder is how much would Nick Foles like? I don't know what he exactly makes or doesn't make right now. How much would Nick Foles have to restructure his whole deal to actually get to Indy? Like, cause if it's a lot of money, Indianapolis probably just says, "We'd love to have you, but we can't do it." Sure, you know, and there's well, let's be honest. Let's right now understand something. They don't have a lot of money. Indianapolis isn't paying a lot of money for Carson Wentz. That's the Eagles that are paying yes. all that money. So I think it's definitely feasible. I really do. And but are you going to pay twenty million for a guy who was terrible last year? I don't argue that. You know, yeah. you know they're eating. Chicago's eating crow with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. You know, I haven't heard too much of that. It seems like Nagy's already pinpointed Dalton to be the starter. Uh, which is okay, but you know, you know, Big Red will definitely be having the uh, Justin Fields hanging over his shoulder, and you know, Nagy's got to do something. Him and um, uh, Ryan Pace, you know, they they need something out of this this year's class for, for sure. them to be ex- uh, existent next year. Because let's not forget, they gave up two number ones to go up and get Justin Fields. They traded up with your New York Giants. So, so I'm looking at the thing with for falls. I mean. The Falls will probably have to restructure his deal to some, in some way, shape, or form. Not for the Colts because he makes about six million dollars, sure. but the dead cap fifteen million dollars. Or the Bears it, probably that's the reason why he's buried on three on the depth chart because they're just not willing to just you know take a fifteen million dollar hit for Nick Falls unless there's significant offers for him. Yeah, and that that may come. That may yeah. come. Yeah, I hope, I hope for Nick it does. I mean, I don't think he played well last year, but guess what? Always like to see him get another chance. Oh, absolutely! I, I'm I'm a big fan of Nick Foles. You know, uh, Nicky Six. That's what. Um, so, in other other interesting topics. Sticking with your Giants, a little bit of a brawl the other day uh, took place. Your boy, your starting quarterback, Daniel Jones. By the way, I respect this. He's he dove in to defend some of his offensive players. That shows true leadership, in my opinion. You know, might not be the brightest thing, but I but I think it's going to win win the offensive room. You know, yeah. I hey, you know what? Like, I, I like what Joe Judge said about the whole thing when he not that he was ever happy, but they asked, What are your thoughts on Daniel Jones being a part of the brawl? And he just goes, Well, he's part of the team, isn't he? Something like that, you know. And that shows, like, as you're saying, like, he's willing to mix it up. Something I still, as a fan, hate. I hate it in the most because if there's an injury there. You know, showing everybody you have their back and all that goes, you know, goes out out the wayside, and your starting quarterback is now out with a broken hand or something. So I actually hate it. But that being said, that he came out healthy by all accounts. Hey, I th- I think it you know it shows the guys he's in it with them long term. Does it really mean anything? No, but they're not going to question if he's a prima donna or not. That's for sure. No, they're not. They're definitely not. You know, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I think a little bit of that hustle and a little bit of that fight, I like it. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so the Eagles have already given two. They've only been in camp a week. All right. They've had one off day for the entire team, and they've already given two veteran days. The, you know, not exactly the toughest team with all due respect. You know, these guys won four games last year. They went 4-11-1. And, and, and no offense, I you know, I we're living inside. They're not doing two a, two a days or three a days anymore, David. They're barely hitting. There are a lot of times they're in shells. You know, it, it, to be honest with you, cotton. I think I think the lack of hitting leads to injuries during the season. Hey, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. That there, there's I've heard that argument before, and yeah, 
Also, I mean, it leads to a lower quality of play the first few weeks of the year. I don't care what anyone says. You'll have you have writers who say oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just that's just because they're trying to protect the league. But it's why is it that early in the season now? It, it used to be the trend early in the season teams struggle to score, right? Early in the season, the last few years, it's like if you were better the over, it goes over a lot. And then as the season dwindles, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. I mean, it actually used to kind of be a little bit more towards that opposite trend. And I believe one of the trends is the fact that if you don't hit, you know, defensive players miss on tackles, you know, whiff, whatever. And it leads to a lower quality of play for sure. Yeah. So, David, let me ask you a question. Of the teams coming into the season, what team do you think has the most to prove? The most to prove? Yeah. Uh, we can go. I'm sorry. We'll go division by division, like the NFC East. Who has the most to prove? I think the team with the most to prove will be my New York Giants. I know. I I think just based on the fact that they go out and spend a gargantuan amount of money this off season, you know, they backload all the deals also, so that basically they could get everybody on the cap this year and then next year try to restructure, restructure. So it's kind of like they've gone all in on this year. And they've really put themselves out there next year in some bad situations, it seems like. But, you know, I think the Giants are definitely in that move where you got the big-time receiver, you re-signed um, Ronald Williams, great, you know, Daniel Jones, third-year quarterback, you know. There's a ton of pressure. Uh, you know, Joe Judge, second-year coach, and still people question, can he really control a locker room, you know, the way he is in a professional setting? You know, I think the Giants have a ton to prove, and that's not, not just me being a Giants fan. No, I, I would agree with you. However, I would say the Dallas Cowboys have the most to prove. You got you just paid a gazillion amount of dollars for a quarterback that did get hurt last season. Okay, they seem to be a different team when he wasn't there. You got Ezekiel Elliott on a huge contract. You've got a receiver and Amari Cooper on a huge contract. They've revamped the defense. I mean, this to me is a team that you know what? If, and and Jerry Jones is going on record and saying like. He wants to win so bad right now. He he like he realizes he would kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Literally, what he said. Yeah, well, he definitely did. Okay, what about <laughs> he, the, he said he's gonna murder someone for, for the Super Bowl? He let me tell you something. One thing about Jerry is he goes out and buys his toys. You know. Yeah. So I would say Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys have the most approved in the division. That's very right. fair. I mean, I'll put it this way: if it wasn't the Giants, I would say the Cowboys. So it's very fair and it's very true. I think both teams. And and due respect are, you know the the I think the Eagles kind of everyone views them as a dumpster fire. I mean everyone they have something to prove. And Washington could they take a step up? But I think the Cowboys since they're quote unquote America's team, and then the Giants how they've gone all in. It's it's the obvious two answers. Okay, so NFC North who's got the most to prove? My opinion, the Green Bay Packers because of the sh- just absolute you know chaos that this you know this off season was. Call it what you want. This, even if this is Aaron Rodgers' swan song, I think that this will be. If it goes well, you win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl. You know, Aaron Rodgers could get a ton of credit. All this, that, the other thing. But at the other day, you know, Lafleur is gonna, you know, they're gonna say, well, he's a good coach. Even if Aaron Rodgers isn't there next year, you know, they're still doing it mostly the right way. You just can't keep the guy happy. If this blows up, it to me it shows. Terrible lack of leadership from Rodgers, but Rodgers can be out in a year. So that's, you know, this is where the pressure t- falls. Then out of nowhere, it's like, well, the GM, he let that situation escalate into that. That GM could be gone. 
you don't win LaFleur probably year three if you don't win LaFleur, even though he's done very well at conference championship two straight years. You know, the NFL, it's what have you done for me lately? And without Aaron Rodgers, they might just move on. So I think there's a ton of pressure in Green Bay to win this year, more so than meets the eye. More pressure on Aaron Rodgers to perform or more pressure on the organization to do it right? Organization. Because yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers will still get – I think what Tom – I'm not comparing Tom Brady himself to – Tom Brady, Peyton Manning have shown this mold of, hey – if the organization is getting it wrong in any way, shape, or form, it's hard for me to really say that the Patriots got it wrong, but we're just going to go with that for a second. I'm not really going to say Belichick's bad. But there's always another place where it seems like the quarter, the two major quarterbacks that have left in free agency, generational, have both won, both won Super Bowls. I don't see Aaron Rodgers potentially being any different if he handpicks a team. I will go with the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. I think Mike Zimmer is always on the verge of getting fired. All right. Not wrong. I, I think Kirk Cousins has never lived up to at one point was the highest paid quarterback. All right. Now he has no pressure behind him. He really doesn't. They, they got an unproven backup they, in the fourth, fourth round. Um, they, they have Dalvin Cook, who's a good running back. They've got Justin Jefferson. They've got a solid defense. This team has to take the next step for, I think, them to be successful. They need to get into the second round of the playoffs. They really do. That's my opinion. I think they have the most to prove. Otherwise, I think they're in trouble. I really do. Um, all right, so as we're going through the divisions, uh, bear with me one second. Okay. Now we go to the NFC South. All right. What team in your mind has the most to prove? Uh, I'm hoping well, you're going to take one team. I really do. Uh, I'm going to say the team I think you're hoping I'm going to take. I think I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. Correct. I mean, I don't know what the Bucks have to prove. I mean, yeah, Tom Terrific, whatever. There's nothing to prove there. But, um, you know, the Panthers, you're you're in year two of a process. Now, I don't think you're, like, at the necessary – you know, you got Sam Darnold, so there's a lot to prove there one way or the other. Even though they picked up the, the option, you can always trade him if he's terrible. You can release him if he's terrible one way or the other. And to prove doesn't mean necessarily, hey, we've got to make the playoffs this year. But – you know, the Panthers, like, for the first five weeks last year, maybe were, like, three and two, and they looked like they were on that right track. Teddy Bridgewater was playing okay, you know, and they just plummeted, you know. Matt Rule's not going to lose his job anytime soon. But now this is year, I want to say, three or four of the David Tepper era, and all we, you know, all we ever hear about David is, you know, he's going to spend money, going to spend money, and he certainly has. Now probably on his mind, it's like, can we get a payoff and an investment on my investment and say, can we make a playoff run? Can we make the wild card or can we get to that point where we're nine and eight and, you know, we're showing significant improvement as an organization that we know we're on the right track. I, I would agree with you. I really do. I think, I think they're, you know, headed in the right direction. I know I saw a report out that they have their eyes still hint, hinting at Deshaun Watson based on that situation right now. Um, you know, but I, I think they have the right nucleus, a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I love what they've done in terms of their draft stat, draft classes. I think their defense is going to get even better. Um, so as much as, I, you know, I, playing devil's advocate, I'll take another team. I'll, I'll take the Atlanta Falcons, um, even, even though you're going to say first-year head coach. Um, it's a lot to prove. Yeah, but I think he has a lot to prove. They brought in – they brought they took a premier tight end in the draft. They got – they left – they let go of Julio Jones, a Hall of Fame receiver. Um, so I think they – Matt Ryan's at the end of his career, they thought about taking a quarterback. You know, he's got something. How much juice does Ryan have left? 
and how much can, what can they do? You know, so I think they have I think they have to take a step forward. They either David that that team always surprised me. One year they're going like the AFC NFC Championship, first round of the playoffs. The next year they're dead. This is like the most inconsistent, one of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL. Yeah, I think inconsistent franchise. I think it really goes to the fact that Matt Ryan had one or two like lights out years. You know, the reality is he's not that good of a quarterback. I mean, he can put up big numbers, in my opinion, at times, but I don't think he's going to have great games and he can make great throws. And there's a lot, you know, he look at times like, man, he's really good, but eh. his mobility is terrible. He can't extend plays, he gets sacked you know, fairly often. And even if you're not getting sacked, sometimes it's like, you know, the pocket collapses and, you know, he can't really maneuver to extend the play and you may have to throw the ball away. You don't get it quite there. And the offense bogs down a lot under him. So I think Matt Ryan, the game has really passed him because he's not, he's a pocket passer. It's not Tom Brady. That's the reality of it. Okay. The NFC West, this is like the wild division. Like it's like a wild, wild West with this division. So, who do you think has the most approved? They had, they had a major trade. The one team had a major trade. They kind of uh, leaped off the board to open up um, the uh, quarterback market. Are you, are you- Man, because this is a division where I can make the argument, I think, of literally I can make a solid argument on all four teams. Sure. Literally, I think this is a division that I could argue, argue all four teams in one way, shape, or form. And not and not being devil advocate, like have legitimate arguments. No, um, I agree with you. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, why? You know, my, my opinion. You heard the 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 murmurs. You know, Russell Wilson's not happy. Russell Wilson's not happy. Russell Wilson ha- has demanded a trade. He hasn't demanded a trade. They want him to fire Pete Carroll. You know, you know. We're not firing Pete Carroll. It's Carroll over Russ. You know, there's all these, like, little things, little dynamics. Now, it's not the – there it has been no real flashy headline like some of these other teams, like where you have two quarterbacks brought into the division. You know, but it's something that seems like this could be a ticking time – This like, kind of where the Packers situation is, where it's publicly a ticking time bomb – this is like the semi-ticking time bomb because it's kind of publicly out there, but they've kind of made nice. But I have a feeling like if the the team doesn't look good this year, Russ will stay, and this is going to be publicly probably a call to, hey, we got to fire Pete Carroll, you know? And, and at what point will it be enough for Russ in the sense that, okay, if you get to the NFC Championship and you still aren't happy and you think the play calling is wrong or philosophy is wrong, you know? I don't know outside of winning a Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl if there there might not be an ugly ending to this offseason one way or the other. You know, it's going to be interesting. I, I love Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll. I, I love him too, Coach. He's a magician. All right. So, you know what? I was hinting at the uh, L.A. Rams by, taking, uh, by giving up draft picks, getting Matt Stafford. But I'm not going there. I'm going to the San Francisco 49ers. All right. Uh, you know, they gave up a lot of draft capital. They had a, they, they traded to get Jimmy Garoppolo a couple of years ago. You know, they were in the Super Bowl. What was it two years ago, David, or three years ago? Two, two, two Super Bowls ago. ago. So, like, yeah, two, two years ago. So, they, they, you know, fallen flat. Then they, you know, they were the mystery. Who were they taking with the third overall pick? And then they have taken the uh, kid from North Dakota State, Trey Lance. And I hear from various reports that I've read and, and listened to that Trey Lance, 
he's a baller, and he's yeah. making the, he's making the best out of Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's a battle going on. Let me tell you something. If I'm a team, kind of like if I'm Indianapolis, where I have a quarterback that I kind of question, boy, oh boy, Jimmy G's making a case that he should, that he might have uh, some value to get back. You know, and I know it's only preseason and training camp, but David, if this guy is as sharp as they're saying, he's not. He's he's holding on to that job. He really is. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just the only thing I'll disagree with is I think Trey Lance will start this year. You do. Very hard for me to believe that. Yeah. You know, Jimmy G isn't the week one starter, only based on the fact that I'm going to sound like Spencer here, which makes me sick. Um, he's like 24 and eight as a starter. You know, he's never been great, but that's almost impossible to ignore for a team that I think has a lot of pressure to win this year. So I, I believe that the, and this is where I think part of the pressure, and I actually will agree with your point will come is that, Maybe week seven, week eight, you know, you might have a lot of pressure because Lance, as you're you're pointing out, all accounts are he's a baller, you know. You know, if you're six and two, but then I know what you're seeing in practice, Lance gives us that chance to go over the top, you know, and Jimmy G is what he is, you know. I think that's where the storyline truly could be, is that at what point does Trey Lance take over if they're if they're doing well this year? And Jimmy G is doing well, but not great. All right. So hypothetical. If Garoppolo's doing well, and and Lance is doing well. Who has more value? When does Garoppolo's value reach its peak? At the trade deadline? I don't, think, I, don't trade I don't think that there's any value in, in the trade trade deadline for quarterbacks in the NFL. You don't. I've I just I've never seen it. You know. Well, we never. I I can't argue that we've never seen it. But so I I think the trade deadline also in the NFL is one of these like mythical things in the sense that. Here's what happens in the NFL. This is just my opinion. If a guy gets traded, they don't play the next two weeks. They're learn maybe they the first week they're inactive, and the second week they're on a limited snap count because they don't know the playbook, right? It seems to be the trend in the NFL, like this is the way it always kind of works. So, you know, it's like trading for a quarterback midseason, like a big time acquisition quarterback. And they're not not saying it won't get traded, but like you know, there would have to be real reason, like, you know, either he's benched or something. Like, I always believe in the offseason is the best time to trade a quarterback because, you know, teams probably are more willing to go into it the full year. Okay, so you, so you would say you don't think Garoppolo is getting moved this year? Is that a fair assessment? Fair assessment. Like, okay, like, the only time a guy would have a lot of value, it's like, I don't know the – the Green Bay Packers or the, the Kansas City Chiefs have like Mahomes or Rodgers or Brady gets hurt. They're out for the year and they're like eight and one. And you know you need the quarterback, you know? Like outside of that, like these teams are not going to give up big capital for like, you know, it, it, ta- it takes to me, the, it would be the perfect storm of good team, big time quarterback gets hurt and you know your windows this year. All right. Well, if you're trading for Jimmy G, it's going to cost you probably over twenty million since his base salary is twenty four million this year. Fuck yeah. Okay. Now next year it's twenty four million as well, but then they's done. Okay. All right. So let's jump to the AFC. AFC East. All right. What team has the most to prove? AFC East. Um, does Bill Belichick actually? Does he have to prove anything anymore, David? I'm never going to say the Patriots because, uh, like you. you he has proven everything that you possibly could prove in the game. And if people think that the Patriots, in my opinion, have something to prove, 
It's like it's kind of like I would laugh at the idea if someone said the the box had the most approved. It's like eh, like you, Bill Bill Belichick in my mind has gained a lot, has a lot of leeway. In my opinion. No, I agree with you. So who? In my other? opinion, and they can be patient and like he's never getting fired. No. You know, I don't believe he'd ever get fired. And he'd you know, be he'd hired be tomorrow. He'd be hired tomorrow by every yeah. other franchise. So I think he actually has the least to prove in the whole NFL. Um, so that being said, uh, two teams that pop up to me. I'll let you take the other one, but probably I know you'll go with it. I'm going to say the, the New York Jets. And just, you know, the whole idea, you took Zach Wilson, who became the consensus number two pick. But as a friend of the show who was on, Adam Gordon, he always pointed out, you know, you know, Justin Fields was always that number two guy. Fields ended up being like the fourth quarterback taken. So it probably would have been Lance even at this point. But there's a lot of people who still think Justin Fields, second best quarterback in the draft. I think there's going to be a lot to prove for Zach Wilson right away, even though I think he's a baller. That's my opinion. Um, okay, I could easily fall my face on that one. Robert Sala is like, he's like the toast of the NFL. You know, this guy's going to be the best head coach ever. You know, coordinator's done great. You know, players love him, this, that, the other thing. Now it's time to see, you know, you can say, well, they don't have talent. Well, at the end of the day, it's now it's time to see, are the Jets going to make improvements on their Salah? The, the, the excuses are going to run thin within the next year. You know, as far as, you just got to see improvement. I'm not talking playoffs, but, hey, can we win five, six games? Something that's really eluded the Jets the last few years and look competitive most weeks. So I think there's a ton of pressure on the Jets to kind of get the ball rolling in the true right direction. Okay, you see, now I would I would take the Jets because, to be honest with you, Robert Sale is a first-year coach. He got a first-year quarterback uh, in, in Zach Wilson, uh, whose birthday he shares with Tom Brady uh, yesterday. Um, you know, because in my opinion, you know, there's a lot there's a lot out there. They're still a young team. The team that I'm going to choose, which might shock you, is the Buffalo Bills. Right? Uh, I thought we were going to go with the team. I was going to I, I wanted yeah. to. <laughs> my, I know you're gonna say. I, you thought, I thought about Miami too. I really did. They do. No, you, so yeah, I love it. Shock me. So the reason why I'm gonna take the Buffalo Bills is one, they had a phenomenal year already. All right. There's also this COVID vaccine, you know, drama that's breaking out in their locker room. I've ever heard Cole Beasley's getting into it with some of the players about not getting it versus getting it. I, you know, I, I think Cole Beasley by is taking a hard stand. And hey, you know what? We do live in a country where. Believe it or not, you know, despite what everything has happened over the past year, we do have rights to make a choice. Now, I choose not to wear a mask because I did get the vaccines, but yeah. it's been forced upon me that I have to wear a mask in certain situations. Don't like them. Um, but I think there's going to be some tension there. I really do. I think there's. I, I think it's tough to do what they did last year. Now they're going to have fans, too. And let's not forget this. They might not be playing in their stadium. Uh, there's already talked about alternate sites for that because it's uh, getting rebuilt up in Orchard Park. So I think the Buffalo Bills – it, they do have a good team. I, I like them a lot, but I think they're going to – they may take a step back this year. Very possible. I mean, like the one game with fans in the stands, Josh Allen looked um, – as our colleague who sometimes comes on the show, Spencer Grossinger, pointed out, and it actually was – I think it was a very relevant comment, was, you know, the one game that there were a lot of fans in the stands, and when you say a lot, like 20,000, 25,000 in KC, he looked very average real quick. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like the noise in that game, and Spencer's not the only one I had heard this from, so it might not be his original thought. 
it looked like the the stadium noise truly flustered him. I, I agree. So I think Allen's got to – if he wants to be a top-10 quarterback, he's got to do it again. He's got to have yeah, consistency. I agree. Okay. Uh, so then let's go to the AFC North. All right. I mean, I know for a fact where I'm zoning in on the team that has the most to prove. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you fire first, David. Um, I'm not going to go Pittsburgh because it seems like Big Ben's on the way out. So it seems like whatever happens, prove good, bad, it's kind of done. Um, That's my opinion. All the three teams, the, the, the Bengals, I don't know what they're proving. So I'm going to say the, the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, why? Because, you know, you're in this – it's going to be – I think it's going to be similar to maybe where you're going to go with your next team. I don't know. But you're in this, you know, year four of the Lamar Jackson era, right? Mm-hmm. Two years of, you know, great winning regular seasons. You know, great, you know, great winning re- – you know, I think one year they go 14 and two last year they go maybe 11 and five or 12 and four. Right. And you know, Lamar's great. He's dynamic. Lamar has a great game last year in the first um, playoff game against um, the Tennessee or not, maybe not great, but very good. Falls flat on his face against the bills, you know, windy night, you know, very hard to throw the ball. And basically the bills were able to load up on the run completely because they know Lamar Jackson, not the best thrower of the football. You know, I don't buy into the theory that you can't win with Lamar Jackson. I think you can attribute a lot of quarterbacks over the, the test of time that are younger, you know, early in the career. Peyton Manning is one that you can certainly point to. A lot of bad games early in his career in playoffs. You can really point to that. I'm not calling Lamar Peyton. But I think that there is a ton of pressure on him to perform because he's a running quarterback. And it's kind of this, this, the murmurs are – are you really going to sign him to an extension, which I fully think he deserves? You look at at least regular season numbers at some point, I think it equates to a Super Bowl. But I think there's a lot of pressure on Lamar to perform again, right or wrong. You know, there's a ton of pressure there. And you know what, David? Like, they want to lock him into a contract. And right now, you know, they still haven't done it either. So, yeah, I think yeah, John Hall, bro, I, I think they're going to get it done eventually. Um, I, but I don't believe. I believe Lamar Jackson plays under the franchise tag before he goes into a long-term contract, but that's my gut feeling. I, I would agree. I would agree. So, wow, you're going franchise tag before a long-term contract. I think that if they wanted him to a long-term contract, it would be done right now. And I think the, I think this is one of those that's very similar to Dak's situation the first time around, where weren't both sides saying we want to get a long-term deal done, like this, that, the other thing. We want a long-term deal done, and. Just one way or the other. And I always thought, like, the Cowboys purposely the first year, even though there's a lot of money offered, you know, it's relative because these guys have a market that they all somehow obtained, right? Sure. So they'll throw, like, oh, there's a ton of money he turned down. Well, he got more, Dak, the next year. You know, I think sometimes teams conveniently throw a very good offer out, but they know that the guy won't accept, you know? Okay. So I think that's where this possum game is heading. Okay, well, I'm going to go similar lines that I took. With Buffalo, I'm going to say the Cleveland Cleveland Browns. For yep. you to establish yourself and be the team uh, that's elite, and I love what they did in, in first year head coach. Um, and I, if 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 your boy Baker Mayfield wants to say he's he's every worth every penny, he's got to establish himself. Now I saw you know uh, Odell Beckham, who really wasn't a factor last year on the team. He um, he went out and got two million dollars worth of teeth. 
Vanilla <laughs> Beef, you know, uh, I honestly thought to myself, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, he, he's got fake teeth anyway, and then he's got $2 million worth of diamonds in his mouth. Somehow, David, I wish you and I would fall into the luxury of that money. Okay. I can guarantee you I'm not getting fake teeth. I have three of them already, compliments of a bike accident. Um, I'm probably buying a sure house, taking care of mom and dad, you know, but doing something fun, you know, but I'm not buying fake teeth. Like I wish I could fall, you know, even I'll tell you what, even invest in a can, a, a cannabis dispensary. They seem to be making a ton of money, do yep. something like that. But I think as a whole, the Cleveland Browns to reestablish themselves, they have to prove night in and week in and week out. And I remember we can look back on uh, podcasts. You were not a believer for a long time of this team. So I think for them to make, for me to believe in them, that they're for real and they're, they're going to keep coming, this is the step that they need to take. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean you know, at the end of the day, it's like, <sighs> this Cleveland Browns team, they they had it in their hands. They, they, they had the chance. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you know, yeah, you know, Mahomes my, my, my was out in the divisional round. You had a chance, you know. You had the ball. You no, know, Mahomes. You had gotten stops. You know, the Chiefs had kind of gotten gone stalemate, and then you know Baker didn't quite get it done. And then obviously we all know the whole fourth and inches play. With, yeah, it's a, it's a team that I felt came up extremely short last year in a very winnable game given circumstance. All right, so let's dive into, I think, the poorest division in the NFL, the, the AFC South. I don't even know where to go with this. Um, golly. Um, Do you want me to lead off? I'll lead off. Yeah, you, you, you lead off. All right, so I'm going to take – I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a team that's, you know what, I know very kind of going back and kind of like, you know, contradicting myself with them, what I said, what I said about Robert Sala and the New York Jets and the first year coach and first year quarterback. I think Urban Meyer comes in with a lot of hype. I really do. I, I think that people look at him and he's he's won everywhere. And making the jump from the college game to the NFL is a difficult task. But he has this mindset that, you know what, they're going to get through it. They're going to be ready. Uh, they drafted Trevor Lawrence, number one. They brought, brought in his teammate, Travis Ention. They made some nice free agent signings. I think this team, you know, I, I don't, you know, Spencer, you and I will go through the season. And we'll put win totals on where everyone thinks. Um, but I think this team is going to be better than most people think. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'm not. But I'm not going to, I'll go on record and saying I will be shocked. If they they end up last in the division, well, yeah, I mean uh, that's actually I don't think too far of a limb. You know, I think the Texans are like the Texans are like they're the betting favorite to get the number one pick, but but I, yeah, I would be shocked if yeah, I'd be sh- if if they're finishing last in this division, it's it's a terrible result. I agree with you. Okay, so where are you going? Um. There's a lot of pressure right now on the on the Houston Texans, and it's just it's not for the whole, you know, it's it's for the whole idea of is the Sean Watson their starting quarterback in Week One? It doesn't look like it. 
It it just it 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 doesn't look like even if he's on the team, he's a starting quarterback. It seems like there's some sort of an agreement that he's just not going to play. You know, he was out but, yesterday. He did not take part in practice yesterday. I'm just you know for no excuse reasons. Uh, um, yeah, it's it seems like the team's made this decision. Maybe Deshaun Watson's. You know, like I think that there's this on. You know, I have a theory that you know there's just an agreement between team, agent, and player, one way or the other. He's going to be there. And, you know, they're not going to suspend him. He probably isn't going to play. And he's probably just, like, one way or the other, he's probably never going to be active. You know? You know, this whole investigation is going on. He wants to be traded. They're going to try to facilitate it. I think where there's a lot of pressure on the the Texans one way or the other is, okay, I mean, if he gets suspended, he gets suspended. That's nothing on the Texans. But if he doesn't, you know, there's a ton of pressure to get the trade right. You know, so that might not necessarily equate into wins and losses and what it is but i think as a franchise you know basically the future of your franchise is pending on the idea of if you trade deshaun watson how the hell do you get this right and to me that's a ton of pressure if you're a general manager for one of the 29 other teams you making this trade yes yes as long as like i'm not getting an indication like and you know day by day maybe you get as long I would take Deshaun Watson with a one-year suspension for mo- for most teams in the NFL. Okay, I know I know so that might be an unpopular opinion. I think he's a true difference maker. Um, you know, I'm just talking from the football side of it. You know, I, I can't. I mean, if you know all the other stuff, if he's going to play, if you knew, if I if I'm the Giants and I said, hey, I know that Deshaun Watson is coming in with a one-year suspension. It's going to be one year, no more, no less. You know, I'm the Giants. I'm thinking to myself, man, that's a great quarterback. Ain't too many like him. He, he hits all the analytics of deep ball numbers, accuracy, yards, puts everything behind him. I know there's going to be some baggage, but really as a teammate, there never seemed to be any baggage. And Deshaun Watson, the football player, like you have to carp- – I mean, if he's going to play for someone, a lot of these teams might say, hey, it's going to be – I'd rather it be for us than not us. Sure. Yeah, so it's one of these ideas, oh, how could you bring this guy in? But if he's going to play and he's not, like, banished from the league, then there's a lot of teams that I would say, yeah, I want him. If you're the Eagles, you probably take him with a one-year suspension. I mean, I, I don't know. Howard Roseman's a quarterback factory up here. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so our last division is the AFC West. Yep. So where are we going here? <sighs> AFC West. Um, let's see. Let me think. All right. While you ponder, I'm going to fire. All right. Okay. I'm going to say John Gruden and the Las Vegas. Yeah, you just took it right out of my mouth. While I was about, while I was pondering. Right. No, you go. You go. Cause that's a great one. Okay. I think David Carr has a lot to prove. I think they've had two mediocre seasons. This is, this is year three in Vegas, new stadium, lots of fans. Fans are welcome. I mean, I, David, I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to get to a game in Vegas this year. I really would. I hear it's just it's first of all, Vegas is a scene every anytime. You know, you're gonna be out there later this month. Um, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. I also think Gruden has a lot to prove. He's had a big deal, you know, he's obviously loved uh there. I, their picks in the first round, you know, kind of a little goofy. They want Alex Leatherwood, could be around, you know. They they've a couple odd picks, like uh they took the cornerback who really wasn't ranked high, very high from from uh, from Ohio State a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Derek Carr, uh, Derek Carr is 
in my opinion, playing for his job. Mariota's there. He played pretty well when he was out there last year. I think this team has a ton to prove, and if they don't do it right, you know, they've got a ton of speed out there in Henry Rugg. You know, Darren Waller is a heck of a player. I really think this team needs to turn it on. Otherwise, you're going to see some major change. Mike Mayock might be out of a job, and, and Derek Carr might be out of the one, too. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I think um, – yeah, I mean, I think the only person secure there is John Gruden because he still has the gaudy contract. But, yeah, I think there's a lot to prove for, you know, these different teams, you know. I mean, these guys, Mayock, Mayock has just gone kind of off the beaten path and all his drafts, you can say it's Gruden. I mean, Mayock, you're, still, you're the GM, it still comes down on you. Um, David, Derek Carr, he, you know, he's kind of one of these guys who kind of seems like every, since Gruden has gotten that job every year, all they could move on from him. And I think the time could be coming with Aaron Rodgers, very possibly, you know, within the next year. You know, because it seems like that Vegas market is one of the two that there in Denver are one one of the two that are really being circled. So you have a ton to prove with that looming over your head. I know it's speculation, but you know, I mean, speculation can be real at times. I I, I would agree with you. Um, I think you know a little bit. Maybe this is more of a legacy proof. You know, for me. It could be a little bit boring here. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, you know. Why? They've been the back of the Super Bowls. Yeah, okay, years. okay, okay. But listen to me, right? I've, you know, the, the Broncos, not much to prove there, in my opinion. You know, you, you've got a lame duck quarterback, you know. You got, you got, a, you got a quarterback. You got Teddy Bridgewater. It's two lame duck quarterbacks. It's it's gonna be drafted or get Aaron Rodgers in a year. It's to me, there's not a ton. There's not the playoffs. I mean, this team's yeah, a it's a bad team. You know, to, to me, it's a it's a bad situation. I think it's just to prove. I think it is what it is. You know, Justin Herbert. That's where I was going with maybe, but you know, still year two, year one of the you know for, first year head coach. So it's a different proof for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, you've got Patrick Mahomes, you know, and, you know, all the, all this stuff here. This is kind of like with I, KC, their window with this current team. Mahomes is always going to be there. Extension kicks in after this year, extension dollars. You've you know? got a great receiving core. I mean, I hate talking about Terry Kill, but he's yeah, phenomenal. But- You've but, got one of the best tight ends in football. You're right. Travis Kelsey. Their defense. Prove here. This is the team that should win the Super Bowl. You're the Super Bowl favorite. You know, okay. there's a lot to prove. There's a lot of pressure here because after this year, the core nucleus, whether it's tearing apart the defense or a certain offensive guy is just kind of out of nowhere, disappear into the sunset, you know? Like, this is the year that you would you circle on Mahomes' Mahomes's legacy, Andy Reid's legacy. Like, this should be Super Bowl number two. Because if not, it's only to get the the ask is only to become ridiculously harder. All right, it's so ridiculous. I'm going to make a prediction. One, I think veteran players, very similar to what they did in Tampa Bay this year, will be drawn to playing with Patrick Mahomes and want to go and do that. I'm not saying make the super teams like the BS nonsense that goes on in the NFL NBA with LeBron and this thing. By the way, he's he made another dumb comment today. I hope. I hope they get beat every game next year. I really do. I want the LA Lakers to get beat into oblivion next year. Um, but I think Mahomes has that effect. 
I mean, Kansas City's a nice town. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there on your travels. Brady's cap number is $15 million less, though. What? Brady's cap number is going to be $15 million less a year, though. Okay, so if you're if you're Kansas City and you're you kind of follow, and I think Mahomes has a level head, I really do. I think he will restructure his deal. You're gonna restructure year one of the deal that's being agreed on the extension, and it finally kicks in. You're restruct. You already know what the deal is. Yeah, well, David, you can't restructure. I don't know. You restructure. How do you restructure the deal in year one? I, I David, you know. I, it, I don't know, but if you want to continue to leave, I think here's the deal. I, I'm going to say this to you: there is pressure on them. There really is. I think I would, I would, you know, write them in as the. Am, am, am I writing them in as the AFC champions? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll put it this way, right? There's only one team that I think has a ton of pressure on it this year in that division. I think that it's the Raiders and the Raiders only, and then you know the Broncos have no real pressure. There's like no know. expectation. There's no expectation in. In San Diego, one way or the other, you know. Oh, I mean, Justin Herbert, is he going to live up to the hype? Can he? Yeah, can but he, there's can, can he, can he there's no expectation. You even have a you even you you even have a coach where there's no expectation. You know, it's like there's no media coverage of the like these teams will kind of fall by the wayside real quick if they do nothing. Uh, like last year, the world was ending when Mahomes didn't win. You know, it was like that was one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever watched. Uh, and you got to remember that this is, this is part of the pressure. It's like, you know, you got embarrassed in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying – so where the pressure is for the Chiefs is, are you going to live up to it on highest, highest level and win the Super Bowl? You know, because getting to the Super Bowl at this point, right, is almost a failure for them. It's kind of like, eh, okay, we get there, but it's a failure. It, I think there's a lot of pressure this year. I'm not, it's my opinion. Okay, all right. So well, I think the team will uh, – like, I just disagree with you. I, I don't see – I don't see how a, a contract gets restructured year one of it being kicked in year two, year three, year four. I hey, I'm not disagreeing. Okay, so all the teams we've discussed, what team in your mind in the NFL has the most pressure? Green Bay Packers. Okay, that's, a that's good my one. opinion. I think I think there's it's such a circled target. You know, I think the organization has a ton of pressure. See, so, so you're going Green Bay. Okay, that's 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 pretty good. You know, and I like that because of all the national attention they've gotten throughout the throughout. Yeah. All right, so you know what? I will I will leave you with this. I will I will absolutely 100% agree with you that I believe it is Green Bay. I, you know what? It's it's either Green Bay or San Francisco, in my opinion, because of what they did. So uh, I think the team with the least pressure out of all the ones I mentioned yeah. has made a very nice argument: the, the Kansas City Chiefs. You're probably right because you know I just, I just had, I had to play a devil's advocate where where it could come from, but the team that I think of all the teams I mentioned that has the least amount of pressure, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, because they're let's be honest, you're in Jacksonville. No one really pays attention. The reason why they're paying attention right now is because of uh, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and Tim Tebow. You know, if they all fall flat, you know, the first year, everyone's not gonna, no one's gonna be really upset. So, David, why don't you take us out? We're going to come back next week, uh, actually in a couple of days. We're going to break down our qu the quarterbacks, uh, where we see them playing, uh, the rankings, do, an, do some um, NFC East, AFC East, uh, the preview show with uh, our boy Spencer Grossinger. And we'll, you know, kind of before the season kicks off, we will, we will go through every team and make our projections versus Vegas projections in terms of wins. All right, sounds good. Until next time, we got changing our times. <laughs>